Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to focus on Hungary, a central European country with a long wine-producing history, but one that is only re-emerging after a very difficult 20th century. Two world wars and communist rule devastated the Hungarian industry, where under communist rule there was an emphasis on quantity over quality, and the great region of Hungary, Tokai, really suffered because those expensive sweet wines were certainly not favoured by communist rule. And it was only with the collapse of communism that Hungary's wine industry has begun to revitalise. And in 1989, Hugh Johnson, the British wine writer and a couple of friends of his, bought the Royal Tokai Company and invested in the region and the return to high quality wine slowly began. And that outward investment has been very important, bringing money into the country and also modern wine making techniques and equipment. So also two other famous outward investors have been um, Vega Sicilia from Spain, they own a and also AXA who own several wineries in uh, France, they're an insurance company and they also own a winery in Tokai. So that outward investment has been extremely important and we're seeing really high quality wine coming from Tokai as well as other regions in Hungary as well. So we're going to focus on Tokai in this episode mainly because it is such an historically important region and also the most familiar and important Hungarian region today. It's in northeast Hungary Uh, near mountains, and on the steep slopes of those mountains are volcanic clay soils which are thin and poor, so ideal for producing high-quality wine because yields are restricted and the aromas are really concentrated by the difficult growing conditions. Lower down on the slopes are loose and sedimentary clay soils which are a bit easier to grow on, and then around the village of Tokai are sandy soils. There are 28 villages in the region. The main village in terms of the name is Tokai, spelled T-O-K-A-J, and so if you see Tokai spelt like that on a label, you know it's from that village itself. But usually you will see it spelt T-O-K-A-J-I, and that means from the region around Tokai, which is what most wines are going to be like. There are also two villages in Slovakia which can use the name Tokai, because historically they were in part of the Tokai region. And so those two villages in Slovakia are the only uh, place outside of Hungary that can use the, term, the name Tokai on the label. The mountains in the region have a warming effect, which is important for getting the grapes fully ripe and also prolonging the harvest all the way into November, so the harvest in Tokai is very late. The climate is quite humid, it's also quite extreme, cold winters, very hot summers. And that humid climate is ideal for the uh, production of um, sweet wine using noble rot. And there's also two rivers in the region which add to the humidity. And so noble rot happens regularly each year, producing those um, really great sweet wines. And we'll talk about those different styles in a moment. But first, let's turn to the different grape varieties grown in Hungary. So the most important is ferment. This accounts for 66% of plantings in Hungary susceptible to noble rot, which is why it's, great, why it's great for these sweet wines. It also has naturally high sugar, and that sugar is concentrated, so you get this really intense sweetness from uh, ferment. But all this is balanced by high acidity, and that's very important for a sweet wine. When you have all that sugar, you need high acidity, and ferment has it. And that balance, that complexity, that structure within ferment means that the wines have great Asian potential. The aromas it produces are quite spicy and nutty. Marzipan is the aroma I associate with uh, ferment. If you're in a blind tasting, that marzipan aroma can uh, 
really uh, stand out. But it's often blended for, in sweet wine with two other grape varieties. Haas Levelu is one of them, and this literally means linden leaf, so you won't be surprised to hear that uh, Haas Levelu wines have aromas of linden. And it's more aromatic than ferment, floral and perfumed, which is why it's used for blending. Spicy as well, so it does complement the spicy aromas of ferment. Sometimes made on its own for dry wines, but quality can vary. And then the other important grape in Tokai is Sago Muscatelli, which in France is called Muscat Blanc, a Petit Grand. And so high quality strain of Muscat, but it's not planted too much, and it'll only perform a small part of the blend, adding aromas of, of grapes to the blend. Elsewhere in Hungary, the strain of Muscat which is planted is Muscat Ottenel, which has higher yields but is lower quality, an easier grape to work with and not producing the same intensity of aromas. So let's look at the uh, different styles of Tokai. So as I mentioned, rules go back 500 years, and there are still strict rules in Tokai, vineyards have to be inspected to decide what style of wine will be produced from that vineyard. Increasingly over the last 25 years, dry wines have been made in Tokai, and that's not historically what it's been associated with. And these dry wines can be of extremely high quality, and these wines are usually a single varietal, so you'll see ferment on the label, and maybe Haas Levelu. Can be made in two different styles. Simple and expensive wines will just be fermented and aged for a short period of time in stainless steel. And these will be good, clean wines with high acidity, fresh, but not too complex. The more complex wines will be fermented and or aged in oak. And this produces more complex aromas, accentuating the, the spiciness of ferment or Haas Levelu, and also giving creamy, rich aromas. And these wines can be extremely age-worthy, and they're very fashionable right now with uh, sommeliers and wine geeks like me, and they're really worth trying because they're extremely good. Then there's a, an unusual style called Sazmarodny, and Sazmarodny can be made in two different styles. What it literally means is as it comes, and so the wines are made from grapes which are just kind of picked randomly, haphazardly in the vineyard, and they'll have different levels of ripeness. Some will be healthy and ripe, some will be overripe, some will be shriveled, some might even have botrytis, but less than half the grapes have shriveled. That's kind of the rule of Sazmarodny. Uh, the dry style is aged under a film of yeast, like Fino is in Sherry, and produces a similar style with uh, quite reductive aromas. I think this wine, these styles of wine are really high quality, but they are not fashionable and they're quite hard to find. There's also a sweet style of Sazmarodny made, which is more common. This, uh, this comes from grapes with a high sugar content that cannot be fermented to full dryness. And this is made in a different way because it's exposed to oxygen a little bit during its, during its aging uh, process. So that the, the flavours will be lightly oxidised, so slightly nutty with dried fruit aromas. And it will be sweet. And then, looking at the sweet wines, which is what Tokai is most famous for, there is a modern style of uh, sweet Tokai, which is um, quite reductive, so it's not exposed to oxygen, and so just aged for 12 to 16 months, which is a lot shorter than the traditional Tokai, and these go through one standard fermentation, just as sweet wine does all over the world, which is different from how traditional Tokai is made. And the reason these wines are being made um, in recent times is because it requires less time and less capital to make them. So um, you can make 
more money more quickly than with traditional Tokai, which requires quite a lot of investment. So what is traditional Tokai? How is that different? Well, the grapes are called Azu, and Azu refers to grapes which are shriveled and have noble rot. And these are hand-selected on the vine, and half the berries in the bunch must be shriveled before they are picked. So it requires several passes through the vineyard before the grapes, all the grapes are picked. So lots of time investment in, that, in the vineyard. And then those berries, the azu berries, are mixed with a base wine for one to two days, which will balance the, the rich sugar content in the azu grapes. And then it goes through a very long fermentation in new Hungarian oak. So there's so much sugar, the fermentation is slow, but that really adds to the aromatic complexity of the wine. And then it will spend two years in oak. Uh, this was new Hungarian oak, and Hungarian oak is quite spicy, so it adds spicy aromas to the wine, complementing the spice, naturally spicy aromas of ferment and hard levelu, and then another year in bottle. So it must be three years old before it is released. You'll see on the label the word petunias, and it will either be five or six petunias. And this is the traditional way of measuring the sugar content in the wine by the number of hods of berries that are put into a barrel. So if there are five hods of berries put into the barrel, it's five petunias. If it's six hods of berries put into the barrel, it's six petunias. Traditionally, there used to be other levels of petunias, one, two, three, four, five, and six, but since 2013, it's only five or six petunias. If the wine is five petunias, it is a minimum of 120 grams per litre of residual sugar. If it is six petunias, it is 150 grams per litre of residual sugar or more. And then there is one other style of sweet Tokai, Essencia. And this is one of the richest, sweetest wines in the world. The minimum residual sugar of Essencia must be 450 grams per litre, which means nearly half the wine is sugar. And it can be as high as 800 grams per litre of sugar. So it's ridiculously sweet, almost like syrup. And this is made from the free-run juice from the grapes, which is, basically, which is really, really sugary, very little juice in them. And there's so much sugar that the fermentation can only reach 4 to 5 percent alcohol and this can take years to reach even that low level of alcohol and the minimum aging requirement for Essencia is five years in oak and so these wines are rare and they're expensive. So looking at the other regions of Hungary which may be less familiar to you, going to the other end of the country, Vilany Silkos, which is in southwest Hungary on the Croatian border, and this is a region on the terraced eastern and southern slopes of the Vilany Mountains, which protect the vineyards from the cold northern influence. So the climate here is almost Mediterranean, very different from the continental climate of the rest of Hungary. And this area is known for its Bordeaux blends, which are probably the best red wines in Hungary. And these are quite full-bodied and tannic, and Cabernet Franc excels here especially. But there is also everyday drinking wine made in Villainy Silkos from Portuguese, which in Hungary is also called Keco Porto, which has is quite full-bodied and deep-coloured, and Kek Frankos, which in Austria is called Blau Frankish, which is a bit lighter-bodied. It's grown widely across Hungary and it's quite juicy and um, peppery. Going further north of Vilany Silkos is the Great Plain, which in Hungarian is called Alfold. And this has sandy loess soils and it's a vast flat expanse. And as that suggests, low quality wine is made here. But it was widely planted in the late 19th, early 20th century because it has sandy soils. And sandy soils means no phylloxera, so there are lots of plantings there. Because it's flat, mechanization is very easy, and so quality here is quite indifferent. Then there is the large Lake Balaton, 
which has volcanic rock with clay and sandstone soils. And Balaton, that lake, has a warming effect, so the wines get a bit more body. Uh, red and white wines are made here, uh, but the white wines are perhaps the best style of wines made around Balaton. Pinot Gris especially, which in Hungarian, and I'm going to murder the pronunciation of this this name, as I probably have all the other Hungarian names, is Sir Keberat. And then also Olas Riesling, which in Austria is called Welsh Riesling, which we looked at in the Austrian episode. episode. Uh, in, also in northeast Hungary is Eger. And this is f famous for one of the historic styles of Hungarian red wine, Egri Bikaver, which means bull's blood. And bull's blood traditionally is made from a local grape called Kadarka, which is a late-ripening, high-yielding grape, which is in decline now. Bull's blood has to be a blend, and usually now it's a blend of Kek Francos, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Port Portuguese. And this has... Um, a long maceration, and so bull's blood is always very full-bodied, deep-coloured, and very tannic. And there is a revival in the styles of bull's blood, kind of going back to the history of Hungary and making it more modern. So that is Hungary. There's quite a few other regions in Hungary, but I just focus on the ones you're most likely to see on a label or have to know about for an exam. But Tokai is a great historical region often asked about it in exams or given it in blind tasting. It produces some of the great sweet wines of the world. Increasingly good dry wine as well. And then there is some good red wine which is worth seeking out, a mixture of local and international grape varieties. So thank you for listening. That has been Hungary. This is Matthew and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.